0: Paul, how excited are you for this? You don't even know.
1: This episode is brought to you in part by drawyoupicture.com, where you can get me, your host, to draw you a picture for pretty darn cheap. See what I've done for others and see what I can do for you at drawyoupicture.com. Also, with support from Bluehost Hosting, where $4.95 a month gets you unlimited space transfer and domains, visit MovieBeatDown.com slash Bluehost today. Fly, you fools. Hey folks, welcome to the show. This is uh, the show where we're discovering, rediscovering our favorite movies with Blake Snyder's book, Save the Cat. This is episode four, brought to you the week of September 25th, 2014. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And with me is, uh, we'll go around the table, John Steinklobber. How you doing, buddy? You shall not pass. Oh man, I can't get past you, huh? Well, Polly might have something to say about that. How you doing, Polly Godbout? Can you hear me this week? I can. Awesome. Let's get going then. For now. Yeah, let's hurry up and do the show real quick. Uh, Christian Sudreth.
0: Hey, did you guys find the part where Aslan was in the movie? I couldn't. I kept fast-forwarding through it. I could not find that part.
1: <laughs> I kept, <laughs> kept zipping through it over and over again. Well, I know C.S. Lewis would be honored, and so would Tolkien, for that matter, that reference. Uh, if you haven't guessed, uh, we are doing um, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings, um, brought to you in part by Paulie Godbout. who suggested it for our list. Uh, If you didn't know, uh, IMDB says a meek hobbit of the Shire and eight companions uh, plus nine actually set out on a journey to Mount Doom to destroy the one ring and the dark Lord Sauron directed by Peter Jackson Uh, written by Fran Walsh, uh, who also uh, screenplayed Hobbit, lovely bones, King Kong, Lord of the Rings uh, Philippa Boyans, Hobbit, Bones, King, Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, Hobbit, Bones, King, Lord of the Rings, and some really gross stuff from Australia back in the 19, uh, <laughs> 90s or late eighties. Uh, so yeah, uh, obviously screenplay, he was playing it pr- pretty close to the, uh, pretty close to his chest there with these, these folks that he's worked with on, on all his other, uh, directorial debuts. So that's wow. interesting. Uh, Let's dive right in. The first thing we always do is figure out what the genre is, according to the genres listed in Save the Cat. Um, I got a pretty good idea, but I want to hear what you guys say first.
2: Uh, I'm going to say, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say, I want to say dude with a problem because it just seems right, but (laughs) I know that's not right. And it it shows elements of buddy love, but. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Not as much as future uh, installments, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. I, I think it's a quest. It's a quest uh, uh, episode, or a movie. And so therefore it falls into uh, the Golden Fleece
3: category yeah. for me. I agree.
0: Golden Fleece all the way.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, where were you before when I asked you what you thought? <laughs>
3: Because I'm going to talk too much throughout this whole talk episode. Talk too much. So, it's a podcast. Right.
1: If nobody talks, it's quiet.
3: Well, then you're all going to be quiet for the next five and a half hours while we discuss the first 10 minutes of the movie. So, Oh,
1: my goodness. It's probably a good thing for it, me. Speaking of the first 10 minutes, um, I did not even count anything that happened in there as anything. Like, And I don't know if I was complete. I, I believe I was right in doing that. I think it was laying pipe. Um, I don't think it was part. It might have been part of the setup, but it definitely was not. I, well, for instance, I looked up and saw a student who filled out a sheet on this episode or this. I keep saying episode. This movie, and they said that the, uh, the opening image was right there in that that prequel bit, you know. And the I story of Isildur. I completely disagree with that. I think it starts Absolutely. the moment the title sequence start or right after the title flashes, uh, in the Shire, they're creeping up behind, uh, Bilbo right, in his title of his book. And, and do you guys agree with
3: that or disagree? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the prologue. I mean, it's not, yeah. I mean, I think if you are flipping through the title screens or whatever you want to call them, uh, on the DV or on the menu, the menu screen, there it is. I think it actually calls it the prologue. Ah. So yeah, you're absolutely right.
2: Oh. Yay. So does a, <laughs> a movie script have a prologue?
0: I think because it's, it's written on a book and there was a whole book before this, I feel like they had to give some service to the and Hobbit. Probably, kind of yeah,
3: to. Okay. yeah, well, and then, like, I mean, there are a lot of movies that'll do that. Uh, for example, Anastasia, the cartoon, you know, from, like, the late 90s or something like that. You know, there's, there's a little bit of the history that they do that, you know, is just kind of before the, the the first song or anything like that begins. So yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibilities with movies by a long shot. I mean, we've we've already done Star Wars and, you know, the iconic opening, you know, scroll right. is, is all like, you know, laying groundwork, laying pipe, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, I mean it's it happens.
1: And hats off to Peter Jackson for putting, I mean, an ungodly amount of, of effort and special effects into making that uh, enjoyable. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he could have done the scroll. He could have done a narrator. With text. And what would we have done? You know, we'd have seen a flickering candle and, you know, some, some parchment being written by Bilbo and we would have just still been as enthralled, but we got to see,
3: yeah, you know, all yeah. of this
1: and how much money, I mean, dear God, went into just that <laughs> chunk.
2: <laughs> yeah. I cried oh. all the way to the bank.
1: I, I, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I want to say something up front here because – this is a trilogy. And so I and I know that they're based on books, but for the sake of this this show, this is a, a movie trilogy. So it's kind of weird, you know, I know this 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 episode is gonna have a, a whole flow to it. This whole um sorry, Fellowship of the Ring will have a whole flow to it. But does did that did you find that affecting you at all when you were watching it and thinking, well, this in 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 the Return of the Kings, or I think that's what it is, uh this is going to happen. So that's why this happens here.
1: Yeah, I would say absolutely. Yeah. Um, I even had a person on online, one of our fans, listeners, said, you know, maybe this one doesn't have the typical, you know, beats. Because I, I mentioned I was struggling with it, as I always do. He says, maybe it doesn't have the typical beats. I'm like, no, no, they're there. They're yeah. there. But I'm finding myself – I was in a conversation with my wife about the Harry Potter movie series, which which are seven-plus movies, you know. And what I found is every movie does have its beats, but it, kinda it, has it also like like the Dinocons, you know, that come together, the Constructicons come together and make this giant robot. Uh, that it, the first movie of Harry Potter is also the setup for the entire story. Yeah, which is absolutely. It doesn't make it harder necessarily. It just makes you more impressed with the genius mm. that goes into making these films and these yeah. series.
0: For me, it made it kind of hard to to separate the themes because the whole time I was watching it, you know, I had the other two movies, and I guess now the Hobbit movies in my head, and it's sort of, you know, it was hard to separate the themes, um, or not hard, but harder, I guess, than mm-hmm. if it, if I hadn't if I didn't have any other knowledge, I would say. I don't know if
3: that makes any sense. Paul, yeah, that, I, that, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And see, so the, the interesting thing with this too is that Tolkien originally wrote the book as one long story. And so if you actually have like a box set or anything like that, you'll find that um, The Two Towers, the second book, it doesn't start on page one. It starts on page like 419 or something because you know it was his publisher that wanted to break it up. And so, um, you know, he, he did want it to be taken all altogether. So I think that Tolkien would have been appalled by the fact that it was turned into a movie. And in fact, I think I read an interview once with his son, where he said his dad refused to let that happen for a number of different reasons. Um, you know, but, but even, even with reading the books, like they are definitely like, there is that structure. I mean, Tolkien is a master storyteller. And if you read, um, you know, through the books, they're actually, it'll say like book one, book two. And so it's like, even he knew that you have to kind of break these up into almost like episodic, um, uh, uh, pieces, um, Mm -hmm. so to speak, because it is such a long story. It's kind of like with, um, with, uh, I'll give you a quick example. Um, how I met your mother is, you know, a great sitcom when it comes to this, this idea, because every season is one story but each individual episode is kind of like you know a chapter or a scene that they all play out together and so you can watch an individual episode get that you know get get everything out of it it's got all of its beats and all that stuff but they all play a role in in the meta-narrative or whatever you want to call it kind of thing and so I, I feel like they do that with. I liked um,
1: Constructicons better, but go ahead. Meta narrative would work. I was thinking Voltron. Well, so.
3: <laughs> Well, I would like to retract uh, my statement and go with Constructicon or whatever. I think I might have changed it now too. But anyway, but yeah, no. So I, I think that uh, I think that yeah, you guys are absolutely right that it's hard to separate that. But I think you know part of the reason why it's so hard is because it's not supposed to be separated, and so the filmmakers had to. Find ways to do that, and I think that they did a really good job. And speaking as somebody who loves, loves, loves these books and has read the books countless times, um, I I think these movies are great. So I think they did a good job of translating
1: it. Well, yeah, there couldn't have been a better guy to do it, and and I think he, he they knew that they spent a lot of times. I remember when when the movie came out, really playing off the fact that he was a nerd, a geek, a total Lord of the Rings fan and all that, because they knew much like VeggieTale fans are doing right now over the new VeggieTales that any changes from the original book, you know, just like Harry Potter fans for that matter or, or anything else was going to be, you know, there was going to be some lashback. Um, yeah. Honestly, though, I think because it was Lord of the Rings um, and it was Tolkien that there were, there are people that read it. But I, I guarantee a lot more people had not.
3: And yeah, um, I, I agree with you. And, and I'll just say this, and I, I look at this with any book that's turned into a movie. If the movie's done well, then it's a gateway back to the book. Mm. And so I think that that's a win. And so that's the way that I feel about these, these movies, that, that's exactly it. It's like, I, I think that you can watch these movies, get a general idea of the story. You're going to know the, all the main stuff. And then if you do go back and actually read the books, then you're just going to be filled in on all, the, all these other details. And you're just, it, it, it's going to actually infuse this, the, the movie watching experience that much more for you. So I, I'm, I'm always grateful whenever somebody does a good film adaptation.
1: Good deal, good deal. All right, well, we're agreed. Let's uh, let's jump uh, from from the genre right into the protagonist. Obviously, Frodo Frodo Baggins. But are there any other? Uh, this one was a hard one for me because he's he's obviously the main character, but only by like a half inch. You know, <laughs> and I don't mean height wise. I mean, just like he, everybody is a main character. Everybody has yeah. a flaw. Everybody has to come into contact with the ring and is tested
3: by it. Um What are, what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. I agree. always I agree. know that throughout this whole thing, I'm probably going to be the last one to talk because I've got so much please to say. Just so please just talk. don't <laughs> wait for me. Please just <laughs> yeah. talk.
0: I, I totally agree that uh, there were, you know, it was hard to say Frodo was a main character, but for the sake of not wanting to type it all out, I, I put him as the main or as the, the protagonist, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and for his, are we talking about Flausia? Yeah, yeah. I put I put just that he's a hobbit um, is sort of his flaw because Ooh,
1: he. Racist. I
0: like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Species. Yeah. Because, well, just because in comparison to everyone else, hobbits are sort of portrayed as, as just not really suited for the adventure a whole. I mean, I know Gandalf has a lot to say about that. But, um, you know, he's definitely not like the toughest or necessarily the most experienced or most powerful out of all the characters. So as far as his mission goes, I put that as his disadvantages that he's just not really even, yeah, like genetically I,
1: I I know what you're saying. I totally get it. I found myself telling my wife that it was his hobbitness that actually set him apart and above everyone else because the, the ring uh, in anybody else's hands would immediately start doing evil through them. Uh, But hobbits are so careful, you know, they, they don't, they, they just grow things and they get along with each other and they, you know, their biggest problem is probably gossip, you know, and And there's
2: two breakfasts.
1: Yeah. And dinners (laughs) and secondsies and all that stuff. Um, So that's the reason why he was the ring bearer. And that's why, uh, you know, it took 500 years for um for a Precious dude to uh, to become what he was, and and Bilbo was 80 years in, um and and able to still hold on to it without it dramatically changing him. I mean, it did affect him, obviously. Um, which which was, if I remember, was mostly in the in the movie, not in the book. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I I I saw his flaw honestly as um what. Bilbo mentioned about him to Gandalf, which was his heart was in the Shire.
3: Absolutely.
0: Well, oh, I'll. Uh, I'll just be going then. And,
3: um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm finally right about something. I look this, to listening to this is to this later. Christian, Christian. You're you're absolutely right, Christian, because that's part of. I mean, the identity of hobbits is that even uh, when when. Uh, when Frodo and Gandalf are riding in, in the cart in the beginning, you know uh, he says, you know we Bagginses you know were were well respected until you came along and we mm. were labeled a disturber of the peace, like we never had any adventures of our own he I, uh, He even says um so that's that's a part of if you want to get really nerdy that's you know part of yeah. uh, uh his brandy buck nature is to to be you know a homebody into and, to, and that, but that's a, a kind of a, a characteristic of." all hobbits is that they just go about their business and that they're, they are ignorable and they pride themselves, uh, on those things. So you're both right. You're just expounding on different, uh, you know, different parts of, of the the rightness. Yeah. Well, they do need protecting
1: obviously. Um, and he was willing to go, he was brave, if not clueless, because uh, he says, I don't know the way. So yeah, his hobbitness is definitely, Definitely one of them. I I just guess in in line with themes and and what I saw playing out through the whole thing, I I always try to go with that as as what his flaw was, and he, you know you see that play out. His his heart is in the Shire, even when he looks in the mirror much later in the movie with um the Ice Queen, um from uh, Narnia. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's where the lion was, by the way uh right. but you know what does he see he sees his beloved shire you know the people enslaved the place burned to the ground and a really bad map painting of the remains uh <laughs> but uh but yeah any other thoughts on the flaw yeah or-
3: first of all her name was galadriel um anyway uh <laughs> second of all uh one, one thing to kind of keep in mind and uh is that you know think about the you know the the process of most movies because it is a story arc it's development uh you know for the character it's it usually is the the case that their flaw ends up being their strength and Mm. and part of the the part of the story arc is them coming to accept who they are and once they accept who they are that you know that enables them to actually move on into you know um or to break into three, and and that's usually where the resolution lies. And so with this, it, it's both his flaw, but it, like you've already said, James, it's also um, you know his strength is the fact that he is so innocent, and that's a, a key word for a lot of hobbits is that they are innocent, and so the innocence prevents him from being affected by the ring. I mean, he even he's the only one. If you notice in the very beginning, um, you know, whenever he when Bilbo leaves the ring on the ground, he comes in and. Or, well, I should back up real quick. When Gandalf reaches down to touch the ring, he right. instantly sees the eye and he knows not to touch it. But Frodo just picks it up and is like, "Huh? Oh, yeah, it's like a pebble. Yeah, it's yeah, just exactly, something. exactly." And so it's it, so it is his weakness because he he's naive. He doesn't know what he's in for. He has no idea how dangerous all this is. It's you know his naivete is what allows him to actually wander into this adventure. But at the same time, it's also what protects him you know from the power of the ring like you've already stated so
1: and he was so protected that when he went to look for it it's in the bottom of a chest in an envelope i love that it's Mm -hmm. it's down there with his junk mail you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) all Mm -hmm. right antagonist and flaw um obvious the obvious choice for me was the the eye of sauron but i found myself saying no you know yes he is the the overall bad guy uh, but I, I, what I saw really affecting people and people really being tortured with was the ring. Any yeah, thoughts? Absolutely, That's exactly what I have. Good.
3: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and the, the, the cool thing is because I mean, part of the ring lore and they even go into this in, in the movie. So I feel the freedom to say this, uh, without sounding too much like a nerd, but you know, is that Sauron pours, Himself and his will into the ring, and so that's why, as long as the ring is not destroyed, he he still exists in some form. Um, and it's only when the ring itself is destroyed that he will be destroyed. So it, you, you're right in both saying it's the ring uh, and Sauron, because they're in a lot of ways they are one and the same.
1: Yeah, the ring's the reason Sauron's even still around. It's like yeah, a right. Horcrux, man, from Harry Potter. It's the same thing.
0: It took a lot from Harry Potter the whole story did really <laughs> I know
1: <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I were trying to j- go through it cuz she helps me you know with a fresh mind she can see things that I can't cuz I look too hard Yeah, and she says okay I'm completely confusing it with rings and and uh and and swords and capes and war <laughs> cruxes so which, oh. I mean, I
3: think that's, that's a perfect illustration of the whole idea of, you know, storytelling is universal. It, like you, when you first think about Harry Potter and, and Lord of the Rings, you don't necessarily make that connection. You might say, oh, yeah, they're fantasies. But whenever it comes to actually like how the stories are told, this is proof that good stories follow this, you know, this beat sheet. And that doesn't mm-hmm. take away from its originality. It adds to, you know, the, the way the story is told. So, What's the ring's flaw?
0: That I got stuck with a hobbit.
2: <laughs> it's
1: made out of gold or something.
2: It's I
0: that, that it has to be like on some, I mean, I don't know. It's just the fact that it's a ring and not like a person. I can't
1: I, I think it wanted to be discovered. That was the thing that I kept seeing over and over, even in the mirror, the thing leans toward the eye of Sauron. It tries to make him call out to the black riders. Um, it, 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 it's talk, it, but, but it's so desperate to be discovered that it will settle for anybody, including a freaking screwed up hobbit from the bottom of, 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 a, you know, he, he, his own, um, desire to, to be back where, where he was supposed to be is what messed up that, that King dude, um, I know all the names, by the way. Isidore, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know the, the the ring got itself into its own problems, you know, and you do see that it has a will, it has uh, a way of manipulating people, and I so I put basically that his flaw was that that he needed somebody, you know, he he needed to be
3: discovered. Absolutely, the only the only uh, tweak that I would make to that is um, he he doesn't settle for. Uh, for God or for Smegel or for any of the hobbits. Cause there's even the discussion where, uh, Gandalf says, you know, um, something happened that the ring, or I'm not, I'm sorry. Uh, in the movie, it's not Gandalf. I think it's, it's the narrator. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That something happened that the ring didn't intend, right. which is, it was picked up by the most unlikely of, of heroes, you know, God, or, uh, Bilbo of the Shire. Um, and, and, and again, that's another, another, uh, big but theme. let me, let
1: me put in though that the ring uh, betrayed uh, uh, Smeagol, It said Absolutely. right before that, and so again, my point being that that the ring is so eager to manipulate, and it's so eager to get where it's supposed to go in that it got itself in trouble more than once. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. It, it's okay. uh, it's and, a flaw. It's all. Yeah,
3: and I'll, I'll. Yep, I I agree.
1: Go ahead though. You said the thing. Well,
3: no, because I, because I think that if I if I elaborate, I'm crossing over into what. I, I honestly, if I, if I elaborate anymore, I'm going to cross over into the book and out of the movie. And that's not what we're here to talk about. So. Good. Good. Thank you. Um,
1: opening image. Uh, we already said it It happened, you know, after the prologue, uh, right after the title, I had, I had written that um, it was, it was the safety and warmness of the Shire, Shire home specifically, especially Bilbo's house, uh, which, um, which is a theme in my opinion that runs through the movie. Go ahead. What do you think? I think I the fact that
3: they zoom in on, uh, on Frodo sitting in lush green pastures underneath the shade of a fully grown tree, um, relaxing, and, and actually, like I've like already said, sitting down, like all of those things are just uh, part of the opening image because it, right. it'll come back into play for the, the mirror image at the end, so I'm establishing those mm-hmm. things.
0: Sitting down is a good, I didn't think about that because there's, there's not a lot of that going on after
1: no, yeah, that's a good point. Nobody <laughs> poops, <laughs> nobody poops either. Everybody poops. <laughs> yeah. They waited till the mines of Moria, and then, yeah. yeah, lots of places to go there. Privacy, um, darkness, yeah. The opening image was definitely that warmth. I, I remember that from the beginning. I, I feel it every time I watch the movie, is uh, the, these houses are lived in. They are homey. I mean, when you when you if you walked in there, even if you were too tall to walk around, you would feel comfortable. Well, you, there would be something cooking on the stove or some sort of aroma going through the air. Um, absolute comfort, and uh, that's what the hobbits are uh,
3: known for. It's what they do. Yeah. Even the fact that, like you said, James, with their playing off of their homes, the fact that their homes are built into hillsides and they're completely sheltered and covered and hidden, and they're tucked away, that just lends itself to the whole idea that you know the world goes on without acknowledging you know the existence of hobbits. Mm. It's like even if you were to walk through there, at first you'd probably trip over their chimney because it, it's just built into a hillside.
1: Well, even the roundness of everything—doors, no, no squares, no, no uh, image, you know, no, no sharp. Corners, uh, yep. which was you want to talk about the closing image? Uh, Gimli had mentioned the razor sharp rocks, yeah, and, and that is a primary feature that I'd never noticed before in the closing image is uh, not only were they going to danger but to sharp <laughs> edges and and corners, and and uh, you know, the, the exact opposite of that opening, yeah, yeah, yeah even it was the con- intentional. oh yeah
3: absolutely yeah
0: that's cool I'm horrible at seeing stuff like that
3: oh well then even then you probably missed the significance of the kind of wood that they used uh, for their arches (laughs) no I'm kidding that's I don't know (laughs)
0: <laughs> I was about to just oh, <laughs> drive to wherever you live. In the
1: and this the is now Paul's show. The rest of us <laughs> will see you on another show some other time. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to give up. Wait it till out. it's my movie's
2: turn. <laughs> you just wait.
1: Oh yeah, Herbie the Love Bug. It, um, it's a classic. <laughs> hey, it's supposed to be a surprise. It would be <laughs> interesting out of to the do the bottle classic. It would be interesting to do an old Disney, uh, like one of those those little half-off mm. movies that they were just churning out back then, uh, <laughs> like like uh, the the. I don't even remember the rest of them. Uh, fr- the original Freaky Friday, you know, that one. Mm. Um, so opening image, we saw that. Theme stated, this is where I know I failed. Um,
3: I don't think you did. Really? Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, we, you we had a, you, you posted something on Facebook that was not said in this show. So anyway, oh. Oh. I think you should go ahead and tell the folks what you think. <laughs> well, all I heard... And I could be
1: completely wrong is I was listening for the B story to tell the A story something, you know, something, somebody, somebody close. It's not necessarily the B story that says it, but um, Gandalf said, keep it secret, keep it safe. And that's what I kind of thought was possibly the theme, which I think
3: is wrong now. Okay, I'd like to retract my validation of your thought. <laughs> I don't think that's correct. <laughs> well, I, he here, set but, you up. Well, no, and I'm sorry. What did well, I say I mean, online? I, I'm obviously better online. So. Well, well, we'll we'll get to that in a second. I just I want to I want to voice this opinion as far as why I don't think you're right, and I'll be honest with you. Like I, there are some things about this movie that I am fully prepared to be wrong on simply because uh, it's hard for me to divorce myself from the book. Um, and so, with, with, and because I'm not a screenwriter, you know, that's a, a totally different way of telling stories. So, there, there, I definitely could be, you know, could be wrong on some of this stuff. But to me, with the whole idea of keep it secret, keep it safe, that is something that is part of the story. I mean, he is supposed to keep it secret and safe throughout the whole movie, but that's not necessarily what leads to like the internal change within frodo throughout the story like that's not what really carries it because then by the time we get to halfway through the movie well he's surrounded by all kinds of other people that know everything about the ring everything right. is exposed everyone in in middle earth knows about the ring and so it's like well it's it's not secret anymore and you know i mean i guess you could say keep it protected as part of keeping it safe but you know i that, that's why i don't feel like it's the Theme of no, the movie. It, it, so. and that's why I said I'm wrong. I,
1: I at the end of the movie, when Gan- ghostly Gandalf comes up and he says something to the effect of, uh, "You know, just, uh, it's it's all done." You know, in with the with the reverb and and the the half images, <laughs> but it's basically you know, Frodo says, um, I, "I just want to go home." Basically, why did this happen to me? And and Gandalf says something to the effect of, "It's not." You know, the time that you have, it's what you do with the time that you have. All and we have
3: to decide is what we do with the time that is given us.
1: That that was really close and to what I said. Um <laughs> and I think that was ultimately the theme. Now I went back and tried to find that and I couldn't find where it was said. And but I did find a lion walking around. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs>
3: So, so that's what I think is the theme. And here I'm not going to apologize uh, for the, the whole idea of knowing the story of the book because where it's told in the movie is smack, or not smack in the middle, but it's after, it's well after even the midpoint. They, they in the movie, that whole discussion takes place where uh, Gandalf and Frodo are, are uh, trying to find their way um, at, in Moria, and Frodo finally realizes that Gollum is following them. That's where they have the conversation. However, in the book, you're talking like second chapter is where, that conversation actually takes place Hmm. and so as far as the book goes the theme is stated right up front i mean you know it's like i said i mean it's kind of hard to say um as far as like page number and all that stuff because books have a little bit more leeway than than movies do um but it's it's way up in the front and so one of the things that you know for me is always difficult with this with this the movie version is there are really key points of dialogue uh that the screenwriters said, okay, we have to have this in there because it's so important and they're absolutely right. But where they choose to put it kind of throws things a, a little bit funky. And so that's part of the reason to me why it's so difficult to follow a lot in this story is because they they took s- more creative liberties than maybe they should have with certain elements. And so I think that that, that you're right in, in in saying that that idea of, um, you know, when, when Gandalf tells him, um, that, you know, uh, what was he saying? Um, uh, it smells, it doesn't smell as bad down this way. Yeah, but but it's it, but but Frodo says I wish that, I wish that the knee. Yeah, it, it's that whole scene, and, and Frodo says something like I wish that the ring had never have come to me. And Gandalf says, you know, so do all who live to see such times. But yes. that's not for us to decide. We have to decide. All we have to decide is uh, the time that is given us. And then yeah, he he goes in and or continues to talk about um, you know the fact that yeah you know Gollum has a part to play, and on and on and on. That gets off of the actual theme, but but yeah, I, I do think that that is the theme, and it's it's just. Place in a really funky spot but again to kind of go back to what christian was saying earlier if you take the whole trilogy in context that scene is probably if you were to read the or watch all the movies back to back to back that scene is probably like Mm. in the right spot you know so i mean again it's it's really it's it's kind of a difficult one in my opinion to to uh, to pinpoint, and they don't necessarily do everything in the right order. Well, and that makes sense because when you
1: watch the end of this movie, I remember when I first saw it, I remember it this time, there is not a huge finale. there There is no. a thing that happens. Boromir obviously bites it, but yep. there is not a huge bad guy. Yes, there is a bad guy that comes out, the Orakai guy, and he uh, drives the sword deeper into his chest, which I don't know what he was trying to prove because you're going to die after that anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, but but again, it it was kind of like the end of Empire Strikes Back in that it, you're like, okay, there's going to be more later. This was just kind of all the setup, you know. This was yeah. the because yeah. and and I realized that I was seeing two of everything. All right, so we had a little Skype out there, but basically, what I was talking about was something I don't remember. So that's the important thing to take away here. Nice and uh, perfect. <laughs> So we're moving oh, along to we the were, setup. No, we were talking about um, the big picture and the little picture. And I was just saying that um, I found myself seeing both and it, and it threw me off because in a way uh, there was Frodo's beginning, middle, and in his catalyst. And then there was the, the ring showing up in Rivendell, which was a catalyst for all of the races and which was the catalyst for the big picture, the, the whole thing that started their B story. I'm sorry, not their B story, breaking into two, which for them was going – to Mount doom. So, and then I stopped for your reaction and there was absolute quiet. So that's when, cause we were in
0: awe of your wisdom. Oh yeah. yeah. You would have gotten the same reaction if we had
2: heard. <laughs>
1: <you>. <laughs> I pretty much did.
2: Sauron was had a hand in this. I'm sure.
1: So setup wise, um, talk to me about that. There was a lot of stuff in there. I got more notes than, than we got time for. I'd love to hear them. Oh, I just basically wrote down all the scenes, because I've, I've come to the point where I can recognize scenes. Each scene has its own little setup. It has a problem. And then it has a solution that drives them to the next scene, which has a little setup, which has a problem, and a little solution which drives them to the next scene. So that's basically what I have. I mean, there was this whole party deal. Um, but ultimately, the party has little to do with Frodo. They're just kind of cleaning up the transition you know, between the uh, opening uh, prologue and trying to get Frodo a reason to leave. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, okay. So here's that part where I say, uh, I don't completely agree. <laughs> um, yeah, because right. again, it, if, if we're going back That's to. That's why I just say
1: whatever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, okay. So again, thinking about what I think, you know, the theme is, and, and we've already talked about that, and, and kind of what the overall change that Frodo goes through. Um, you know, he does have, like, he makes the decision that he's going to have to, you know, it, it's, it's his fate that, that he must carry this ring. And Bilbo has had it for so long. So, with that party, it's not only is, is Frodo getting this ring, but also uh, Bilbo is, is gone. So, the one person who has been on this kind of an adventure before is, is no longer in the picture. The one person who could have maybe helped out, who could have lent some wisdom, you know, is, is gone. Mm-hmm. So it's not just simply a way of transferring the ring, but it's also um, eliminating uh, or it's upping the stakes, you know, by by eliminating, you know, another possible piece of help. Because as we all know, um, you know, the other people who go along this journey with them, especially in the beginning, you know, the other hobbits, they've, you know, Sam even talks about, I've, you know, I've never been this or one more step and I will be the furthest I've ever been from home. Like we're going to leave the Shire. And so, um, so I, I think that, you know, even, even in the movie, there's a little bit more to the, um, to the party than just simply, you know, something that's just really fun and an excuse to get that classic line about liking people half as much as they deserve. So,
1: right, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they're, they're just trying to get him out of the way. That's what I still say. I'm just the movie watcher guy. So for me, they're trying to get to the real story. They just did this whole prologue thing. Uh, Bilbo is the hero. He's got the thing, and now he's got to go away. He feels like too, you know butter spread over too much toast, and he's thin, and we're and we're cool with that. Um, but I never saw him as anybody that was going to help. Um, I mean, maybe his book would have. But that's a good point. I mean, it's a, it's something I hadn't thought of. Anybody else?
0: No, no. Uh, kind of right there
1: with you. Yeah. Um, I, I set up also showed us um a lot of stuff about the relationship that, that Gandalf shared with Frodo, um, which was even different than Bilbo and Gandalf. Gandalf kind of sees Bilbo almost as like he's the babysitter that constantly has to help Bilbo come back to his common sense, you know, what's good for Bilbo. Instead right. of, instead of what Bilbo thinks is good for Bilbo, Bilbo doesn't want to have a party. Bilbo wants to run away wrote, you know, he's tired of being there. He doesn't like his neighbors or his relatives or anybody. Uh, Frodo seems to just have a little bit more sense about him. Um, but he is also boyish, you know, and childlike. He throws himself at Gandalf, like, like you would a grandpa, you know, if you were a toddler. Um, which I guess size-wise, you can get away with that. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> so I th- since you brought up Gandalf, I, I think this is a good place to you know, talk about you know, the fact that there are so many main characters. Um, you know, I won't necessarily say for the sake of the movie that he's a protagonist, but I would be curious to, think, or to ask you guys what you think Gandalf's flaws are. Mm. That's
1: good. That's, that's, that's a, a good a, question.
2: Yeah,
3: because I mean, I know he's got some. And I don't, but I don't know what they are. Well, I mean, one thing we've already talked about is the fact that he, he can't touch the ring. And he even talks about, you know, I would use it as, with a desire to do right. good, but, but through, through me, me right. yeah, it would, it would wield the power, you know, far beyond blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, and he is short-tempered with people and, you know, um, you know, throughout the movie and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, he, well, he's, he's a, definitely- He's a man, that's his flaw. They make that very clear in Rivendell
1: when, you know, we, he says we have to trust men you know cuz the elves are leaving um there is nobody else and then and then Rivendell dude goes off Mr. Smith there uh goes L-on. off <laughs> anyway V for vendetta <laughs> goes off <laughs> and uh and I saw it in Gandalf's face he was offended on behalf of the men even though he he more than anyone knows you know the flaws of men cuz even his mentor turns out to to have fallen you know and proven him right you
3: know yeah well the only thing with that is he's not he's technically not a man because as a wizard he's he's it's part of the lore is that anyway there's four wizards blah 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 anyway we won't get into all that but well they um, don't go
1: to that in the, movie. <laughs> know, in the movie i know he's a man I'm
3: sorry <laughs> in the movie he has the same
1: ability to be tempted as all the other men yeah and and i did well, see it in his face he he was uh maybe maybe he doesn't count himself as a man but
3: uh well and the only reason why i, I would make that distinction believes in him yeah, yeah, he definitely does believe in him. The only reason why I would make that distinction is because the the wizard the other wizard that we see in this movie you know, has you know, he goes so far to the other direction. I mean, he shows, in, in almost in some ways, that you know, there's this this um, opposition between innocence and experience. And the more experienced, quote unquote, people are, um, the more susceptible they are to the power of the ring. Whereas those that are innocent, it doesn't affect them, and all that kind of stuff. And so that was the only reason why I brought up the distinction is because Gandalf is fully aware, even before he knows, you know, that the you know the wisest of his order has fallen and has turned. He recognizes the fact that like no i cannot be anywhere you know i I need to be as far away from this as possible um you know because you know i have i have potential to do more harm than anybody um just some playful flaws that that he has is he can't do
1: riddles worth of crap and (laughs) and his memory is cracked which i loved i mean there was two spots right there they spent forever outside of the mines and then right after that, another scene where they're just sitting there. And I know there was a reason for that, so they could have that big conversation about pity and how Bilbo's pity is probably going to change the fate of the world and this whole thing. But uh, it was it was funny to me. Yeah, Gandalf is uh, flawed. Um, so yeah, the big setup. What anybody uh, theories on the save the cat moment? I I have found in save the cat, especially that moment, I used to look really hard for it. And I found that if I sit back and just enjoy the movie, the moment that I smile or that I feel something, that's usually it. And yeah. in this case, for me, it was the whole, it was that part, that first little interaction where they, they played this joke like they were mad at each other. And a wizard shows up just when he's supposed to. And then they laugh and he throws himself at Gandalf. That's yeah. instant love for both those guys.
3: Yeah. Mm. That's good that's real yeah. good, even with Bilbo, the fact that he like he's got an affinity or a soft spot in his heart for for kids i mean the fact that he adopted frodo as his heir um and then even the scene where he's retelling the children at his birthday party the story essentially Mm -hmm. it's the story of the hobbit cutest Um, kids in life oh i know right it's so great (laughs) i just sounded like a real dad there but anyway i am so that's (laughs) fine but but, yeah no i that's that's a good point because i'll be honest with you as we were watching this movie i get so into it i wasn't even looking for the save the cat moments. so uh, yeah that's that's I'm, i'm right there with you in agreement
1: yeah, there was a lot of good moments. Every character almost gets their own in this one. Um with the exception of Boromir, you get a hate the cat moment with him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can we call that the skin the cat moment? <laughs> but uh it was
2: Elrond's save the cat moment?
3: Elrond
1: just being there and not smiling at anything.
0: That Would that would his be in the in the setup when they're laying the pipe in the beginning and you see him being like the toughest warrior.
1: Uh, and the retelling of the story, I was there. You know that whole thing.
3: I think. Well, I mean, because again, I haven't really thought this through. But you know, with Elrond, uh, the fact that he he lets Marion Pippin uh, and Sam go along on on the journey, like the fact that they're not supposed to be there, and and even though he's supposed to be making this huge world changing decision. Um, you know, and, and he's got all these mighty warriors and then he's, he just kind of says, you know, oh, apparently I can't, you know, you can't be kept, you know, from a secret council, even whenever he's summoned and, and you're not. And, and, you know, he just, so he allows that. So the fact that he trusts their friendship right. beyond might and wisdom and all that. So I think that's a, a save the cat moment. For and all Mary and
1: Bippin had were save the cat moments. They were the comedy relief, you know? <laughs> yes. They yeah. were, they were that for the whole thing. Um, they have a little bit more of a, of a, a role. You know, they're in the second movie because they're going to save them. But uh, I, it was cool. I, I liked them a lot more than I did before. More, one of the reasons is because I got to I got to see, see one of them at Dragon, Dragon Con. Con. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's Damn. awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Billy Boyd. I saw Pippin at Billy at, at Dragon Con. I didn't talk nice. to him, but uh, yeah, it was I neat.
3: saw him, you know, that's awesome.
1: Um, and, and while it's here, cause it's in my notes, Christopher Lee, the guy that plays Soramon. um, he, uh, when I was, when I was in uh, LA with John and his brother, we'd gone out there to help out, uh, Ethan Nicole, I swear to you. Um, when I stepped out in the road, a guy slammed on his brakes and, and was kind of mad at me and looked horribly evil, uh, his eyebrows, especially. And, uh, I, I went home and looked him up. It was Christopher Lee. Was, oh, well, we were was, on the set. Yeah. Uh, Warner yeah.
3: Brothers? Yeah. I think I told All you.
1: I'm stars. like, Sorman just almost that. hit me with his car. Do
3: so. you know that he's recorded a black metal album? Really? He's it's got the awesome. voice for it. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. It looks like it, too.
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's he's like, I, he released it on his 90th birthday. He might not even have been mad, but he just <laughs> looked absolutely like I almost laid on the ground and spun around on my elbow. He was probably thinking I didn't have a save the cat moment in that film. If I spare this man's (laughs) life, they'll (laughs) Uh, I'll just say
1: this. So many times movies are guilty of doing the white is good. Black is bad thing. And, and I know that, uh, eventually, you know, I I know that the white, the gray and the white are are like levels that they, their Pokemons can go up to, (laughs) but, uh, it was good to see the white guy being the bad guy. You know, even in white. So Well, even
3: even the fact that with Gandalf in the beginning, you know, the fact that throughout the first movie, he's Gandalf the gray, that it's like he doesn't know. It's like he's in that gray area, so to speak, Mm. kind of thing. So anyway, yeah. So I I agree. There's a lot we could talk about with colors that have nothing to do with the movie. But anyway. Awesome. Uh, Let's see. Stasis equals death.
1: Um, the obvious, right? Yeah, yeah, I can't <laughs> stay. They know where I am, you know? I, I love the uh, uh, – well, let's just – I'm wanting to jump right to the debate. What was the catalyst for everybody? When when he realizes he has one ring. Can we agree on that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. You, the yeah. importance of the ring. Because
1: Homeboy goes off, off, and he does the research. He comes back, you know, is it secret? Is it safe? You know, and um, so the catalyst, and then immediately they go into this great debate segment that I really loved. Yep. Because at the time I was really looking at that that keep it secret keep it safe thing, which was a theme but it was it wasn't the main theme. It was just his job, you know. And uh and I loved that that it wasn't secret anymore and that the shire suddenly wasn't safe. Yeah. At all. It was horrible and he had to get away from it, had to escape. Not yeah. only for his good but for the good of of everybody there. And he does this thing, uh, but Swaron is dead. And tr- so he tries to deny it, you know. And then he's then he says, Well, let's just hide it. Well, it's not a secret. Well, let me give it away to you. Well, you know, it's not safe. I can't take it from you, you know. Uh, and then it cannot well, you know, can't stay in the Shire. And as soon as he, he goes through all those bumps, those little things, he finally says, uh, you know, what must I do? Literally four words and that's your break into two in my opinion yeah
3: yeah i i uh i, I love this debate because i feel like it's one of the more obvious debates mm-hmm. you know um especially in the movies that we've been with that we've been discussing it like it does go back and forth and then there there's even because one of the other things that we've talked about with some of the other movies is that the protagonist sometimes is kind of thrown into it and he's he doesn't make that step and in this one when uh, like what you said james frodo says um you know but it can't stay in the shire and gandalf's response is no, no it, it can't, can't. and so he doesn't tell frodo you have to take it he just he says no it can't and so frodo actually makes the decision on his own uh you know at the end of the debate to move forward yeah and so he it, takes it on himself what must yeah, i do not much exactly
1: what must you do because like i said he tried to hide it he tried to deny it he tried to give it away and boom, you know, all of his options are gone, and it, it was so clear and so uh, so good. I liked it. I liked that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Any mm-hmm. thoughts?
2: I, I was thinking that the uh, the break into two is when they're actually in that town that it's raining all the time, <laughs> <laughs> and they meet with Strider. Bree? Yeah. Bree. It's called Rain Town. Rain Town. <laughs> so that's not. I was wrong then. Yeah. Never mind.
1: Well, because the break into two, the B story, or I'm sorry, not B story, but the, yeah, the, the, the two, which is supposed to be the opposite of the opener, uh, the new world, basically not the opposite, but the, the antithesis or whatever, um, they immediately start packing and tearing up this wonderful house. And that's when I knew I was like, okay, you know, we got it. Plus, boom. We we get his buddy outside the window, which may not be the whole bee story because they don't do a lot between Sam, and and dude. But he is part of it. He is part of the emotional story. I think I think Gandalf is. I think uh, Samwise is, or or uh, the dude from Goonies, as I like to call him, Mister um, <laughs> Frodo, who don't could do Mr. a Frodo. trouble shuffle in this movie. He could have easily <laughs> <laughs> done his own. Uh, the Wait, who is he in the Goonies? He's the little boy what? with the with the huffer with the puffer. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah. Get a life, millennial. Goodness, sorry guys. <laughs> I love the eighties, but I don't know anything about it. Oh. <laughs> I have no.
0: Okay,
2: we'll talk after.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. all. He was also Ferris Bueller.
2: No,
0: oh well, i'm, messing, totally with, I'm messing with i'm messing with now so he, now he's he was the, lying. he was the girl <laughs> every kid, person in the cast of sixteen
1: candles <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, ringwald so the b yeah. story is called the love story what what do you think the b story was for for this the emotional side of things because um, there was a love story, but it was a brief thing, and I don't think it really was anything you know
3: well i mean I think you know with breaking the two um you know, N B story like they I mean like like we've talked about before they kind of, you know, go together and they ebb and flow. Um, you know, we we've like you guys have already said, you know, we we see them tearing up the house and packing, but we also we have that moment we've discussed where they do take that step outside of or um, you know, further than Sam's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we've already met Sam, but we we and we we met a lot, you know, the other two hobbits as well, but we actually see them really involved now um you know so we're we're in some ways it's kind of like we're really bringing those b-story characters in hardcore now with you know sam already going with him with mary and pippin you know bumping them into them on the shortcut to mushrooms which by the way i will have to say one of the cool things about this movie is they work in the chapter titles of the book into the dialogue which is always really fun but yeah anyway that's um, cool but then there's another B story that comes in um as well, and it kind of goes along with you know when w- with what John said um with with them getting to brie, but sh- we see Strider yeah, and he plays a really important role, and there is a you know a buddy love you know kind of relationship because that's you know what it, uh in in save the cat you know uh Blake Snyder even talks about how romances uh, are really just buddy love movies like in disguise or whatever and mm-hmm. so even even that so with strider also like so we see you know a number of different characters introduced right then and there they're gonna that are gonna carry us you know through the rest of the of the story right
1: yeah it was good um b story i thought was a lot of gandalf though because gandalf was the one it was he was the uh what do you call the the foundation or the 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 point of reference for him his 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 guardian his helper his uh guide you know his safety his protector and mm-hmm. uh and plus every deep conversation that they had pretty much was between the two of them yeah. um but you're right strider had had his own story but that's because in the big story in the whole movie he becomes absolutely essential you know he's huge he's right. the dang king
3: yeah so um well even in this one there 's some interaction between him and Frodo that I think is is important uh, as far as frodo 's you know uh Character development and all that kind of stuff, and you know, an- another thing with B story is um, the fact that it's kind of the the world turned upside down. You know, mm-hmm. we, we're in a completely different world. So, lending itself back to, or that thought, lending itself back to what Christian talked about earlier, where um, in the opening image, we you know we see everybody sitting, but now everyone's you know standing. Um, it's it's a lush green pasture. The sun is shining, but then, uh, like Christian said, it's raining in this town. So it's like everything about this world is different. They're no longer in. The Shire. It's like literally everything has been turned upside down, uh, mm. leading us into you know into the B story. Yeah, I don't remember seeing any of that. Well, and then and
1: then you've you got it. you've got them hiding <laughs> underneath the tree, which they're underneath the earth, so to speak, and the uh, the wraith, you know, mm. is is coming close. I love the bugs coming out of the woodwork. You know, just uh and and yeah. this But then when they get to Bree and they they're up in their beds, so all snug and safe. I love how. The indoors now um, are are not safe. It's it's you know the the things that that hobbits find the most dear, very dangerous, and they yeah. spend the rest of the time outside. You know, other than I would even count Moria outside just for you know storytelling purposes because it was just as dangerous. Yeah, um, mm. the long good dark, way to look at
0: it. The
1: long dark. All right. So um, A is the physical, B is the emotional action. It's what Ethan said. Any other big emotional things happening here? We see Strider. We see his love story. We see, you know, I was surprised. I did not remember there being so little between uh, Sam and and, um, Proto, you know? I I remember looking back, I was like, oh, they're buds. They're, you know, tight. But Sam does all of his stuff right at the end, you know, when he's Mm -hmm. freaking willing to drown you know, to prove his faithfulness, you know, and, and stupidity, honestly, blind stupidity, which is again, their fault, but also their strength.
3: Well, Um, but there's also the scene when they're in the corn where Sam kind of freaks out and Frodo's like, Hey, what, where, you know, what, what, what are you freaking out about? And he says, you know, he told me something before he, before we left. And Mm. he said, don't you leave him Samwise Gamgee. And so, you know, so even up, up front, like he establishes the fact that it's like, no, he is dedicated and he's worried about Frodo. Um, you know, even in the beginning, but I, w- I will agree that you know there's there's a lot of or they could have done more to strengthen yeah. that bond uh, in in the beginning parts of this movie. Even though you know I feel like that it, it's there, it's just, in the extended version. You see more of that. Oh yeah. And oh, matter yeah. of fact, when
1: they were uh-huh. cooking bacon and crap right there at the beginning, and start seeing all these glowing people walking through the woods there, and they start talking about how the elves are leaving, which I remember from the book. Uh, I was like, I'm watching the extended version. i'm not doing this this thing's four hours long you know i'll never get to the podcast at this rate so uh i went back to my dvd and found my theatrical release that wouldn't fit on a dvd but uh all right (laughs) uh fun and games it's all it's always good stuff um at this point just let's take five minutes and bump through some of our favorite favorite moments from the trailer (laughs) because this is where you get your trailer from
3: (laughs) the two wizards fighting is awesome That's one thing that is like when when we talked about, you know, translating from book to film, that's not, you know, that doesn't happen in the book. And it should have because they made it so epic in the movie. It's like every time I see it, I'm just like, oh, it's so great. Yeah. You just don't see old men getting slammed
1: into walls very often. And I loved it. It was so real and authentic and well done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was very, it was very, um, subdued in a way too. You know, there wasn't a lot of like sparks and like CGI. I mm-hmm. think it, honestly, like it really, that's what I'm saying
1: it was real. There were yeah, people was, being thrown it, up against the wall and you don't even see that in star Wars, two old men fighting with swords and they're just kind of, yeah, these guys went all out, man. And, uh, I, I, I made a joke earlier that went unheeded about spinning on your elbow. Um, there's a great, you know, full on basically recreation prop of him, you know, spinning on his elbow, uh, there in the middle. And it's, it's very, very good. It took me a couple of times to realize I wasn't looking at a real man being spun. Uh, you, you, you'll have to see it. It's just really, yeah, it looks like something at Disney world that you would see going through, you know, in a car or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it looks like if you, if you don't have any context and you just watch that scene for like the first couple of seconds, you'd probably think it was just the start to like a dance
1: battle. <laughs> They're breakdowns fighting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, love, I love stuff. mary and Pippin. I love uh, the fireworks, the dragon fireworks, the whole thing. I know that's yeah. uh, technically part of setup, but it was uh, definitely fun in games. Um, I loved the, the old man at the door. At the gate, you know, who you thought was really tough and bad. And he's like, don't get upset, sirs. I'm just doing my job. And then, yeah. oh, poor guy gets crushed. I mean, by the oh, gate wow. and the, the riders. I yeah. love the nails. I'm just going to keep going until somebody cuts in. The nails going through the, the hooves uh, with the blood trickling down on on the riders' horses. And uh, and then when they get washed away, I, kept, I, I had a question. I was like, are horses bad, too? If your rider is bad, are you automatically bad as well? Yes. Do you deserve yes. to get washed away? And if the you know horse water and horses. the rider. And if you have inches. that's true. If you have red eyes, yes, you are bad. So.
0: I like the swords. The swords was good. Yeah. Um, arrows was good. <laughs> um, <laughs> magic was good. And, um, I like
2: when Mad Max came out um, mm. on the way to Thunderdome.
1: Uh, I uh I'm just mm-hmm. glad there was no uh dude's what's uh, the the what was the guy in uh Lord of the Rings the the first dude that she meets with the little goat feet
0: you uh you're talking about M- Lion uh, Mr. Tumnus.
1: Tumnus. Mr. Tumnus. Yeah, you, I'm just glad no sad. Mr. Tumnuses was there. You know why? Because of the nipples. I can't stand <laughs>
0: hey, I actually have a a joke about like centaur nipples. <laughs>
1: Do you, oh good.
0: Do you think centa? It's not really a joke. It's just like, what, do you think centaur babies? Do you think like they breastfeed from the human part or the the centaur?
1: Oh, part? that's Ooh. horrible. It just depends on how they're sleeping, I guess. <laughs>
0: okay, it's nice to know that there's
1: other options. Yeah, this. I didn't ever think about that. Um, I love the breakfast <laughs> and second breakfast and second season tea and you know just the fact that hobbits eat constantly. Yeah. That's yeah. why they're round. That's why they have to have round doors. <laughs> uh, Sormon builds an army. Orcs are tearing up trees. The roots grow deep, Master. Rip them out. And I was like, dang, I didn't know you ripped up trees, dude. Wow. <laughs> you know, if you went to a tree doctor, they would systematically remove the branches and cut the thing down and then grind the stump. But they're <laughs> ripping these jokers out of the ground, these old trees, which in the book was a bad thing because trees are have a soul, you know, and, and, and they have, they can whisper and, and the ants, you know, are, are connected with them and all that. And that does play out later on, yeah,
0: but, um, right. That's huge. But the whole, was st- it, go ahead. Was it Paul? Paul was talking about how like, um, he did kind of portray like technology as the evil there. Um, I don't, I don't I hope I'm not getting ahead of it myself. No, go for um, it. Um, well, they talk about how like before, um, uh, well, like all the good guys all like pretty natural, you know, real earthy. And then the baggage, like ripping out trees to make these giant war machines and all this stuff.
1: Oh yeah. There's no, so
0: it, yeah. I've it, it, like, it's sort of, the story sort of portrays technology. I guess it's in the book more as being like an evil, um, kind of because,
1: or just metal work in general, just any yeah, kind of, metallurgy. any kind of blacksmithing. Yeah. is pretty bad. Cause you have well. to burn trees Yeah, and, and growing cabbage patch or a guy, <laughs> um, it's just a pretty gross business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just put them in the, in the ground and you, they come up and you I adopt them why. and you get a little certificate and take them to school. Yeah,
2: That's, that's why Saruman's all in white. He's like, he's like the, the mirror image of an Apple product. So the technology is bad. <laughs> Except, with, really hair.
0: Really Except with hair. We're really good to do it now. Yeah.
2: yeah see, uh, he's, uh, he's one of those, those jerks behind the genius bar.
0: You'll, yeah, you'll notice he always has an iPod. Yep.
1: <laughs> in every scene. Yeah, he's so got his earbuds in. Can we start a slow clap on. for John? <laughs> that was awesome.
3: You're welcome. Yeah. That was my I, favorite I, yeah, part. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to say what's my favorite part, and you know, the whole promise of the premise thing, you know, mm. that we're at at this point. I mean, they're, obviously they're on the road, and we we get the awesome scene on Weathertop, which, by the way, according to the Middle Earth calendar of the story, they arrived on Weathertop on October sixth, which is my birthday. But Yay. anyway um nerd alert but yeah well happy birthday whatever but <laughs> <laughs> my anyway but uh yeah so even that like that's something from you know that that scene where like you know the wraiths are walking towards frodo with the you know big crazy swords and all that stuff and so yeah he gets stabbed yeah
1: and it will never fully heal and he gets green goop coming from his eyes and his nose yeah. which, which Bormir gets on his face later on it's like if you're gonna die you get green crap on your face that's just the rule <laughs> In Middle yeah. Earth.
3: Yeah, so, and then you already talked about the the black riders being on the black horses and everything, but I I always love the scene where the the water comes over the ford and uh, and and the water is in the form of horses and it mm. destroys them. It's like that's that part is so awesome, and then especially because it's uh, Arwen that. Sorry, I get a little choked up because she's beautiful and awesome in this movie, and so yeah, uh,
1: I can't but, <laughs> look at her without thinking about her dad. So.
3: Uh, mr tyler there yeah well i can but my wife's uh wedding dress was actually uh modeled after one of the dresses that Arwen wears that in her dad clothes. wore yeah. that oh her dad goodness. wore probably yeah
2: <laughs> that's awesome i remember
1: yeah. her from from uh the 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 uh, blowing up the asteroid movie armageddon yes yeah. so that was a piece of crap when they Which, were can I dripping ice in her belly button and i wanted to vomit so
3: <laughs> I, I would like to clarify one thing real quick. When I say that my wife, like that her wedding dress was modeled after that, she's gorgeous and awesome. And you know, I think nerd and geek is a good term, but she's not any of those things. Mm. She just did that because she loves me. So that uh-huh. proves like Man. that her love runs deep enough to uh, alter or to do something like that. My wife wears like, a live Tyler mask too. That's oh, crazy. That's, that's, that's <laughs> weird. I think we need to shut the podcast <laughs> down and have a different talk. But
1: no um I I love the uh my favorite fight scene um, is the one he has that Strider has when he fights? Like what is it? Five of them at that point, or yeah. seven of them, or something? I think it's five. Five and the fire. I just love all the fire and they catch on fire and they slam into yes. each other. Wraiths don't like fire, and that one that he he throws it right in their face and it sticks and and then it's obviously a puppet that's running away. But I still uh, love it. I think they did so good hiding that fact uh, and and the whole thing. I got I love being able to see them through Bilbo's eye or uh, Frodo's eyes and, yeah, and all the
2: gray. And
1: I, I got to say, I'm really slow. Even though I read the book, even though I've seen the movie a few times, I do remember it's, it took me a couple times before I made the correlation, even though they even say it uh, kind of sort of, they don't actually come out and say that these were the men that got the rings, you know, these were the yeah. Kings. And uh, so I, I, love that they, uh, they let you find that out on your own. So, yeah. but Frodo gets sting which is awesome. Glows blue. Well, I know that's after midpoint, but all right, let's jump to midpoint. Um, I would say midpoint. I, I kind of struggled between whether it was when they first got there because, you know, Frodo's healed. They get reunited. Everybody's dancing and stuff. But then I'm like, no, you know what? The midpoint for me, I'm going to say is when the council is formed and they're just standing there ready to go. And they say the fellowship of the ring. Boom. What do you think guys?
0: Uh, Yeah, I have, I have exactly that. I um I put. It would be funny if they all looked into the camera, right? As you know, when they said "Fellowship of the Ring," I
1: said midpoint. <laughs> 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 James, yeah, this can... is midpoint.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: thank <laughs> you, thank you, Elrod. Well, yeah, that's I, the closest I,
3: thing to a party too, so. Exactly. Thank you, John. That's exactly what I was going to say is that Ethan's advice from last time was that a lot of times there's a party or a big kiss or something. It's, it is like, you know, it's a, it's a new gathering. It's like a party. And so, yeah, I'm glad that, I'm glad that, uh, that you noticed that John and I wasn't the only one. Cool. One
1: does not just walk into the midpoint though. I just wanted to point that out. So that's true. <laughs> Thank you, Boromir. Uh, bad guys close in. <laughs> Um, I, I, I thought it was pretty obvious because even though the army had been building, even though we'd seen, you know, Sauron and, and, uh, Gandalf go at it, the, the group, the, even, even the hobbits, even though they had had some, uh, you know, back and forth with the wraiths, um, it wasn't like it was after Rivendell where, you know, the, the crows come almost immediately, even though they don't do anything, they're heading straight for, uh, you know, Saruman, um, and they fly down, you know, into the pit in the whole nine yards. Um, we got the snowy mountains. Feel free to break any time. I'm just filling in time. Uh, well,
3: I, I think that before we skip over, or that we, the, before we leave midpoint, one thing we haven't talked about is, you know, is this the, you know, great moment or the awful moment? Because I mean, that's going to play in later on. We've got to have the mirror image. And so we haven't talked about, you know, beyond it just being a gathering and beyond the fact that, yes, it is the midpoint, why it, it's actually the midpoint.
1: Okay feel free to fill in those yeah, uh, you, content. Cause you just created to, it. <laughs> so.
3: Okay. Well, I mean, so in the beginning of the movie, like or, uh, with the catalyst, like Frodo has to start off all on his own. And so to me, this is the false hope. This is, everything is great, but it's a false great. Um, it's, um, you know, because now it's like, Oh, I don't have to go it alone. I don't have to deal with all this on my own. Um, I've got the whole fellowship behind me. Um, You know, he even uh, talks about, you know, the fact that I don't know the way Um, jumping back to when we talked about the catalyst, his question was, you know, uh, you know, what must I do? And so now it's no longer an I, it's a we. And so in some ways he, yeah, he, they're, they're kind of uh, ratcheting everything up to where it's like, okay, now we're, we're beginning our, our uh, descent into the, the final half of the movie, but he's also able to breathe a little bit easier because he's no longer, you know, feeling like this is something that he has to do on his own.
1: Okay. Is that it? Yeah. Duly yes. noted.
3: All right. Bad guys
1: close in, evil crows, snowy mountains, <laughs> all that stuff. I'm just trying to keep us going. We gotta we gotta finish up eventually. Uh Minds of Moria, um, good stuff. Uh tons and tons of just issues where people are closing in on the oh. whole, Yeah. The, the, we got the, the orcs, we you know, the 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 people, even even the uh the kraken in in the water there. <laughs> With the yeah. <laughs> tentacles that can bite you, like uh, like uh, tremors, you know. Um, constantly bad guys attacking them. No stopping. Every scene has somebody coming after them. Even even the, the foundations of the place, the stairs and stuff, are bad guys closing in. They can't get a break. They can't stop. Um, it's the best part of the movie for me. Um, that huge fight with a cave troll. I mean, cave trolls don't need a brain to function, apparently. Because, le- am I wrong, Legolas puts a an arrow right in his head
3: his brainstem or something yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and then he takes another shot and he even tries to shake it off like <sighs> mmm. <laughs> so
3: i didn't hurt. yeah
1: and, and <laughs> even in harry potter uh trolls were were painted kind of the same way they had on clothes but uh you just clunk them on the head or stick stick a, a, a wand up their nose and uh it messes them up so don't matter um, and this is where it starts getting messy for me and I will claim no, uh, no kind of knowledge or anything like that. Um, the, uh, obviously the Balrog, the bridge, um, it, we're closing in on the end of, of, of bad guys close in and, and hitting up against all is lost. I put, uh, f- fly you fools as all is lost. The whiff of death. Am I wrong? Yeah.
0: Yes. No, you're not wrong. That's right. Sorry.
1: <laughs> John, or, uh, John, what do you think? Yes.
2: I think because that's where it goes. Everything goes from great to awful. I want to say this. And him I, falling down the hole is pretty awful.
1: I also thought that possibly Boromir dying was the whiff of death because there's so much that happens at the end. And, it, and to take in all is lost at this moment means that there's an awful lot going on. Uh, During the Dark Night of the Soul, an awful lot. Yeah. We're talking about the mirror scene. We're talking about the, the, you know, all this stuff is going on um, before they recoup um, with a fresh idea and break into three. So, uh, Paul, uh, say it straight.
3: Yeah, I, no, I, I think you guys are you guys are already on the the right path. I mean, all is lost is you know Gandalf dying again. You know to kind of talk about you know universal story structure. You know, think about Star Wars that all is lost moment is when Obi Wan dies, mm-hmm. and in this one mm-hmm. it's the mentor that dies. And one thing that I forgot to throw in when I was talking about midpoint is <laughs> in the first. Well, I mean, it, it goes with all is lost, but because it's that mirror image. Um, you know where in the beginning or he's got Gandalf now. Cause in the beginning it's, you know, you've got to go, you've got to get rolling and he doesn't have Gandalf to, to be a part of, of his crew. And then at the midpoint, he does have Gandalf along with all these other people. And now he, he doesn't anymore. Um, so not only is he dead, but it's also, like I said, it, it plays into the whole mirror image part. So
1: good deal. Good deal.
3: Dark Knight of the soul then is, uh,
1: you know, they, they cry right there at the beginning, right there. I mean, they have this big response, but, um, but uh, the guy from um, Prisoners um, gets them going, tells them, we got to get out of here. We got to go. Then they meet elves in the woods and, you know, uh, the elf queen lady. What's her name again there, uh, Paul?
2: Galadriel. Blanchett. Oh, Gal-
1: right. Galadriel. That sounds like a uh, something that, that trash bags would be made out of in the future. But uh, Sounds cool, like man. the
2: end, end of a knock-knock joke.
1: <laughs> uh, Sorry. That's but, even worse.
2: Um, yeah. I love that Kate scene Blanchett. though.
1: Uh it reminds me of the Pensive in uh in Harry Potter. Uh but he gets to gets to look in there and he sees, you know, his friends dying and all this kind of stuff. But she, I love her. She speaks over him, uh, or actually over them, allows them to rest and get things going. Uh and then she has to face the ring as well.
2: That part scares the crap out of me. She is scary,
1: man. She's so pretty, though, classically beautiful. I I love her in this scene. Yeah,
2: I'm not
0: feeling it. I don't think she's that pretty. Whatever. I mean, that's (laughs) not important to the
2: podcast,
3: but Uh, (laughs)
2: it's important to the break into
3: three. Uh, Well, so so have we established? I want to hear what everybody thinks is Dark Knight of the Soul.
1: I think it's the whole thing. I I think get out of the mountain. I think uh, once Elf Lady passes the test and, uh, you know, the Breaking the Three is obviously the last page of Dark Knight of the Soul. So I'll mention what I think that is. Uh, She says even the smallest person can change the course of the future. And that is the thing that she needs to get or he needs to get on with his life. He's given a vision, encouragement, and he's given a light, a little thing in a bottle. And they're sent on their way. Breaking the Three. But I could be completely wrong, but that would be, but what what threw me off here is the movie's so long there's so many scenes in each one of these segments that are that, that, that it 's not typical you know what i 'm saying yeah. you yeah. watch back to the, back of the future there's three scenes in each one or whatever that you would highlight this one my my notes are seven pages long <laughs> because there's yeah. so much going on in each one um, yeah. so Dark well, of the soul is a long road for
3: them yeah yeah and and i think that you're you know the scene right like uh right outside of moria you know they do have that moment you know where they are mourning and everything that is a dark night of the soul but i think another one that you've you uh, have already talked about as well is um a very specific one is when frodo is looking into the mirror um because he does see you know you talk about whiff of death he mm-hmm. sees that you know this is what could be, and he sees uh, Sam in shackles, and he sees the whole shire uh, on fire, um, and every you know the whole world being destroyed. So I mean, that's a really prominent with, with no context.
1: With no context, she tells him later, "This is what happens if you fail."
3: But yeah, but, when you're but watching him, it for him,
1: yeah, he he thinks this is yeah, exactly. reality. This is his worst fear. This plays into what he they said about him is he's his heart is with the shire. That's what uh, Frodo said to Gandalf about him is, is one of his flaws was his heart was in the Shire.
3: Exactly. Yeah. I I agree completely. And that's why I think that that specifically, like if I could only choose one, I would say that is, is the dark night of the soul. Um, you know, because yeah, for all the reasons that you, that you just said. Only though, uh, dark night of the soul
1: is 75 to 85. So it's, it's all of this. It's all of this. It's everything from, um, all the way from that moment where he dies, uh, the, the all is lost, um, till to, to break into three. So yes, absolutely agree. Um, the crying, the suffering, all the way through the Elf Lady test. It's all Dark Knight of the soul. Good, yeah. Because I was I was a little thrown. Because usually it's not that it's not that long, you yeah. know. And in Spider Man two, it <laughs> wasn't that long. <laughs> he got over a lot quicker than he should have, you know uh breaking a three um i think we already said it but you know he's giving an encouragement a light and uh, they're they're setting out on the water in their he's cool elvish uh, a golden what uh,
2: he's got to go it alone oh, oh. To go it alone
1: well no he's still with his guys though any at this point they're yeah, yeah, they're yeah, almost yeah. about to split up um but they're in their little leaf leaf shaped uh boats yes yeah and they're heading toward you know toward past these giant you know uh figures which i'm sure paul knows everything about them including what's up their skirts and everything um and they, genitals yes 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 and they they pull off to the side <laughs> before going off the cliff there uh which is just a waterfall in disguise um and then i <laughs> guess i'm saying the finale kicks in right there. I mean, everything at the end, the big, uh, orcs coming to get them, Boromir, uh, failing his test. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Frodo deciding he's leaving Strider proving himself, you know, after Boromir did not.
0: When are we going to get to call him Aragorn? Uh, um, Aragorn. Oh gosh. Sorry guys.
1: Aragorn. We can call him whatever you want. Marion Pippin getting captured, Aragon fights uh, the leader of the Guy <laughs> Sam goes after Frodo. Frodo remembers what Gandalf says about the time he has. So all of that is uh, is uh, finale. So to cut just to the end, because there's not much to say about that, unless um, you're not me. Uh, final image. Let's let's spend our last few minutes talking about that final image. Um, I, I said it earlier. Razor shot Brock's danger ahead. But his friend is now his comfort. His friend has taken the place because he has. I wrote that he has the best best part of the shire with him at the mm. end scene. Aww.
0: that's cool. It's a, that's I'm, I know I, I didn't. I sound like okay. Paul there, didn't I? Yeah, that was no. That was really that was really good. <laughs> I'm I proud really of
1: myself. That. But Paul, me too.
3: beat me up. No, oh, I thought Paul got no, out I, for so. No, I'm Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. That's anyway. the only reason why I'm right is when he's when he's <laughs> off. <laughs> No, I mean to be honest with you, I, you know, I'm sorry to do this, but I feel like we're we're kind of brushing past part of the, the finale um, because I mean we've talked about like you know Frodo being you know the protagonist and we're we're talking about his development and all that kind of stuff, um, and so with the finale, um, you know, to me like I, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but we don't meet the Orokai until like five minutes before the battle scene, so it's like they're I mean yeah they're part of you know the Dark or the enemy's uh, army and all that stuff, and and they are an antagonist, but it's there's not like really anything invested as far as you know them, and so it's like that scene to me is more just well, it's a Hollywood movie and there's fighting, and so we need to have like a big fight scene yep. at the end. But it end. feels empty though, yeah, is and, that and, and that's saying? why, yeah, exactly, and be, and so to me, like it, it, that's that's great, and it's a fun and it's a fun scene and and and, and really awesome, but the as far as the finale. To me, it's more the it's it's kind of a a double bump, so to speak, for the finale, where you know he, you know Frodo, you know realizes that whenever he is uh, when Aragorn lets him go, that he tells Merry and Pippin, you know, no, don't follow me by shaking his head, and so he's making that decision once again that no, if I'm you know this task has been entrusted to you or or to me alone, Um, you know, so he's making that decision, and so the 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 fight, the struggle there is him, you know, again, realizing that he this task is up to him. And so he's fighting that urge and that necessity or that need for companionship and all that kind of stuff. And that's why it's called the breaking of the fellowship, you know, there at the end. Um, You know, so it's not only him, you know, telling Merry and Pippin, no, you can't, come with me. But then even there, um, you know, whenever he's out in the canoe, my favorite line of of this whole movie is when Frodo says, you know, no, Sam, go back. I must go to Mordor alone. And Sam's response is, of course you do, but I'm coming with you. And there's, he actually stops and he lets, you know, Sam come with him kind of thing. Um, and so, which leads right into that final image, like you said, um, James, where he does take the best part of the Shire with him. He does take that innocence along with him. Um, you know, his, his weakness quote unquote does end up being, uh, you know, his, his strength there at the end.
1: Good deal. Any other comments about the final image? Well
0: said. Nothing, yeah. You summed it up. I'm, I knew I was going to be quiet this whole podcast, <laughs> except for my stupid Aragon joke that fell on its face.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, what? Oh, I, 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 I like the other one that fell on its face. The, uh, the nipple, nipple joke. So, <laughs> it wasn't even a
0: joke. I'm sure you're going to edit that out later. But that's just
3: now he's going to uh, play it on a loop. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's the whole podcast. It's my um, new ringtone.
1: It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, did you enjoy it more this time with the Save the
3: Cat eyeball? I enjoy it more every time I watch it. That's not a fair question to ask me.
2: Here's a real question. How many times did you actually watch it for
3: the preparation here, Paul? Uh, I watched it four times, and then while I was wow. working today, I just had it playing in the background. mm. So I I didn't really watch it uh, today because I was working. Cough, cough. Wink, wink. Um, So, (laughs) dude, I'm telling you, like, I when I get like this, like, if if I were to tell you how much I love these movies, you would think that they are my wedding vows. It's like I watch them whenever I'm sick. I watch them whenever I'm healthy. When I've had no money, this is my entertainment. When I have lots of money, I would rather be watching this movie or reading the book. You know, it's it's pretty pathetic. It's it's a wonder.
1: Yeah, exactly. Would you watch it with a cat? Yes, I would. Um, so what did it do wrong? What did it do? Right. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left, so I'll just say that we, we, what I heard us say is the theme was stated kind of late in the movie. It might've been yep. better served to have had it there. Um, we would have loved to have seen a little bit more Sam, um, interaction. And then the ending, uh, was a little hollow, uh, because they, they kind of shoved in, they had to get these guys in there before the next movie. And, um, and I agree with that, especially the ending. I never noticed the other stuff until I watched it this time
3: through, but, uh. What other stuff?
1: The the, the thing about Sam, I, like I said, I oh. always thought there was more there than really yeah. was. And mm. I think they made up for it at the end during the finale there. Uh, but I, I, I just thought there was more moments, but I guess I was thinking about the second and third movie. Cause you know, when yeah. they're, we're on a sheer mountain cliff making bacon and stuff, you know, uh, yeah. there's a lot of that. There's a lot yeah. of that. Uh but he's not even the B story then in my opinion. But we'll we'll talk about that some other time when we never do another Lord of the Rings movie cuz they're so long. <laughs> he's yeah. so long. Any final remarks, John?
2: No, I it it I had a tough time because I I spent so much time watching it, but um it's just such a tying into all the other the other two or seven or Twelve, it's just it's tough to really kind of follow for me. So I, that's what I'll say.
3: Okay, Polly? Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I mean, I love these movies. I definitely, you know, to me, the the biggest thing that they did wrong is something that I don't know how they would have how else they would have done it. But there's so much going on that it's impossible to fit everything into mm. a movie. And you know, there are so many things that again, because I've read the book so many times, it infuses my understanding of the movie to where you know I. I feel more of a connection between certain characters and, you know, different things that are there that it's like, yeah, I mean, just watching the movie It's not able to be there, and so I love whenever somebody tells me, "Oh yeah, I I love the Lord of the Rings movies," and we begin to talk about that stuff. And when they do ask questions, getting to like fill them in on certain things, and they're like, "Oh, okay, well that makes more sense," and blah blah blah. And I can't wait to watch it next time. Uh, Yeah,
1: it's been three hours.
3: No, that's just women. But anyway, Uh, that's why my that's why my wife lets me go to the bar alone. She knows that I'll end up talking uh, about this. But but yeah, no, I mean, but again, I I think that that is you know to me that's the only. Thing they did wrong was they, they, they weren't able to get everything in that was necessary. And again, I don't know how they would have done that in the first place. So I applaud them for what they were able to do. So even in the
1: extended versions, which I'm sure you own and have seen and have memorized, uh, did they do any better with that?
3: No, not really. I mean, the, the extended scenes are great. And then, you know, it's just them getting some gifts in, in, uh, uh, Lothlorien and all that and there's this great thing where Gimli gets a strand of hair from Galadriel and yeah, it's I mean it's yeah. stuff that plays more into the the book story but again taking just the movies in context I, I, I'm you know the fact that they got rid of those scenes it's like well yeah that's that's totally fine you don't lose anything in the movie experience by not watching um, the extended one so I
1: agree
3: uh, Christian
0: man I don't know is there anything left to say uh, <laughs> it was good, it was long, um, and, and that made it that made it kind of hard to say the cat or to, to beat it down rather. I, I'm sort of used to the movies being like, oh, here's one, and here's two, and yeah, here's three, and here's I agree four. With you. Yeah, it was hard. Uh, it was but hard. with the gaps, it was. I found myself going back and editing. I actually played it on my TV and then on my laptop at the same time. Um, you know, like, and I would play them at different parts and mute one, so I could like see where I was at. You know what I mean?
1: Right. I I was constantly getting interrupted. You know, just it took me two three days just to watch it one time through, which just yeah. made it even harder because I got kids. I'm home with them all day. You know that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm.
0: when we do these movies. I, I try to watch it twice, and but with this one, I just said. Nope, like that's I watched it <laughs> once and then I have to be good enough. Yeah,
1: when I, I found it when it. I realized I was watching the extended version, I I you could if you could have heard me in here. I was yelling. I'm like, <laughs> "Nope. <laughs> Not doing this." No. Well, guys, that's it for today. Consider um uh listeners. Consider supporting Movie Beatdown if if we have added value to your life. If you have uh, in any way Uh, found any value we would appreciate a quarter per episode just a dollar a month you can visit moviebeatdown.com slash donate and uh, do a one-time or get on with patreon and um and do it you know help us out monthly a dollar a month everybody can do that uh next time uh paulie what are we going to be watching
3: oh we're doing Paranorman. woohoo yeah yeah
1: who has not seen that I i have
3: i have not i have not so christian
1: has not John has not. John has not. Paul? This will be our first animated. Yeah, it's true. Uh, stop motion, too. Traditionally stop motion, which I respect highly.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I love this movie.
1: Yeah, these are the same guys that have, are doing box trolls, which my son is about to chew through the wall to see. He's never <laughs> been passionate about a movie like he is box trolls.
3: Nice. Hmm.
1: I like to see it so bad. They were making box. They, made, they, they butchered one of our moving boxes uh, to make a box troll costume for him and uh, that he could get inside. So he's still miniature enough to be able to do it. Uh, Guys, it's on Netflix. Paranorman is streaming on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, go to our website and comment on this episode and find out more about Save the Cat at moviebeatdown.com. You can email your comments and suggestions, especially movie suggestions, to moviebeatdown at gmail.com. Our Twitter is, guess what, at moviebeatdown. That's all for John, Paulie, and Christian. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, We'll see all of you next time right here
3: on Movie Be Down. Can we go over the rest of my notes off the air?
1: <laughs> Visit nlcast.com for other great NLcast Network shows.